Thank you for tuning in to Valley Rise Church. We're so glad you decided to join us today. For more information on sermon series and service times, you can visit us online at valleyrisechurch.com. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoy today's message. Hey, well, welcome to part three of Reset. Hey, how many of you here were, were, were here last week for Dad? Did Dad do a great job? Did you guys enjoy that? I know he had one arm, which was, um, at, I keep telling him, I'm like, Dad, you broke your wrist. You don't have to keep wearing that sling. They gave you that like the night it happened, but he's, you know, you know how your parents can be. He's like, no, no, doctor said keep it on. I'm like, but it's not even, okay, whatever, just keep it on. So um, we, I hope you all enjoyed him. He said he had a wonderful time and that, that um, he really saw what God was doing here and it was awesome. So grateful that he got to be here. Hey, um, I don't know if you realize or not, but uh, I ran a half marathon last week. So there was that. Yeah, you guys should clap. That's impressive. Um, and it was, it, was, uh, it was interesting, I'll be honest. Um, I... It was, it was more than I thought, um, like mile six, I was like, we're pretty much done with this, right? This is it, like where's, they were like, you're not, not even halfway. I'm like, oh, all right, I didn't know what I signed up for. Um, but we, we ran with some of our friends from here and, and we all finished and it was um, an experience to say the least. I've been using that lately as just kind of like my trump card for everything. People, my Alex is like, hey, you need to pick up your draws. I'm like, I ran a half marathon last week. Like, really? Like, you know who you're talking to? She's like, I ran it too. I'm like, all right, I'll pick up my own draws, I guess. Pretty much just doing it everywhere. I go to the grocery store. They're like, we're out of this item. I'm like, do you know who I am? I just ran a half marathon last week. Can somebody restock these shelves? Lord almighty, I ran 13 miles and no one can go to the back room and restock the shelf. I feel like my dad. I just kind of use it for everything. Your parents do that, pull the trump card on you. I had you. Go do this. So, hey, super excited about part three of Reset. This is actually a message that, that I feel like is probably going to be timely for a lot of you because uh, when God wants to speak something to you, oftentimes it comes to me in the form of having a lot of the same conversations throughout the week. And so I'll have two or three people call me, and we have the same conversation multiple times. And really, a lot of times, it's God trying to get my attention that, hey, you need to talk to people about this because this is something that is happening in everyone's life. And so as we begin to reset our lives at the beginning of the year and begin to reset our perspective, 21 days of prayer, as for those of you that have been joining along, you know, but every morning at 6 a.m., we're getting up and I'm posting on Instagram and Facebook a 10-minute prayer focus, and I encourage you to join along, get up, spend an hour in the morning with God. We have a playlist you can put on, make it super simple. If you've never done that, if you've never fasted anything, for those of you that are fasting, hopefully you're enjoying it. If you're fasting, I know some of you are fasting on social media and TV and somebody, I was like, hey, did you watch the thing this morning? They're like, I'm fasting social media. I'm like, well, all right, then don't watch it. Um, but we are, we are having a great time, and God is speaking to us, and I believe that today he's going to speak to us. Let's pray, and we'll jump into it. Dear God, thank you so much for each and every person here. Thank you, God, that you're so faithful to meet us. As we create time for you, as we make time for you, God, that you always come close to us. I just pray that you would speak to us today, that we get a little closer to you and a little closer to people. And God, whatever happens today, please, Jesus, let the saints win. We know that your team is the saints. In Jesus' name, amen. And all my saints fans said amen. Come on, how many, how many Saints fans? How many Saints fans? Okay. How many Texans fans? We love you guys too. But listen, if your team's out, you got to pick a team, okay? And I'm just saying, the Saints are in the Bible. So I'll leave that between you and Jesus. Hey, Romans 12. Let the inner movement of your heart always be to love one another and never to play the role of an actor wearing a mask. 
Despise evil and embrace everything that is good and virtuous. Be devoted to tenderly loving your fellow believers as members of one family. Try to outdo yourselves in respect and honor of one another. Be enthusiastic to serve the Lord, keeping your passion toward him boiling hot. Radiate with the glow of the Holy Spirit and let him fill you with excitement as you serve him. Let this hope burst forth within you, releasing a continual joy. Don't give up in a time of trouble, but commune with God at all times. Take a constant interest in the need of God's beloved people and respond by helping them and eagerly welcome people as guests into your home. Speak blessing, not cursing over those who reject and persecute you. Celebrate with those who celebrate and weep with those who grieve. Live happily together in a spirit of harmony and be as mindful of one another's work as you are your own. Don't live with a lofty mindset, thinking, a lofty mindset, thinking you are too important to serve others, but be willing to do menial tasks and identify with those who are humble-minded. Don't be smug or even think for a moment that you know it all. Never hold a grudge or try to get even, but plan your life around the noblest way to benefit others. Do your best to live as everybody's friend. I love this verse. Today, we are talking about resetting your relationships, resetting your relationships. How many of you have a relationship in your life that you would say, hey, 2019, I need to reset some relationships in my life? I can tell you without a doubt that the relationships you surround yourself will most definitely impact the direction of your life. You show me your friends, they say, and I'll show you your future. Because who you surround yourself with and the people that you let in, the voices that you listen to, are going to be the people that set your direction. They're going to be the people that encourage you or tear you down. They're going to be the people that, that tell you that you can keep going and cheer you on, or the people that tell you you don't need to go, you've gone far enough. We've all been in relationships that are unhealthy. We've all been in relationships that maybe you needed to cut out. And maybe some of you even went into 2019 going, this year, I'm going to drop the haters. Come on, how many of you said that? You were like, this year, I'm leaving the haters behind. My man right here, he's like, I'm leaving the haters behind. Hey, you in eighth grade, but he's got a lot of haters, you know what I mean? So I'm leaving the haters behind in 2019. And um, I believe that as we go into 2019, we can reset our relationships we can reset our relationships. I love this verse because this is what God says our relationships should look like. As I was reading it, probably like you were hearing it, I got convicted because I can tell you, that's not what all of my relationships look like. I love when it said, take as much interest in other people's tasks as you do your own. I can tell you for sure, oftentimes that is not me. And, and, and as I read this passage, I begin to realize there's areas I've got to reset. I've got to be better relationally because in relationships, we don't just want to be spectators. We don't just want to be someone that it's all about us. We want to be participators. We want to add value to people's life. And we always say here at Valley Rise, our goal is to get closer to God and closer to people. So as we journey closer to people, we want to make sure that we're adding value to their life. It's why small groups for us are so important. Small groups are starting in just a couple weeks as we roll into February. I encourage you, if you've never been in one, jump in when we have small groups of every kind. I do a golf small group. We do a marriage small group. It's a lot of fun. But the whole purpose is just to get people in your lives. Because if you can get around the right people, that's 95% of the battle. When I was in school, my grandmother used to always tell me, and, and probably some of you know this, you know, if you lay down with dogs, you get up with fleas. Birds of a feather flock together. My dad had like all these things. I'd be like, what are you trying to say? He's like, choose your friends wisely. Also, for those of you that were here last week, let me just say this. I taught him that rap song a long time ago, okay? I was in eighth grade, okay? 
And he's one of those things you say once to your dad, and he has never let me forget it. To this day, I walk in the house, and I'm like, what's up? He's like, how you like me now? Gold teeth when I smile, trying to take me out the ghetto, but I'm still buck wild. I'm like, what if, where, where did that come from? I'm like, I got a family. My children are with me. He's like, you taught me that. I'm like, oh, my God. So <laughs> you are only as strong as the people you surround yourself with. You are only as strong as people you surround yourself with. Almost every time I have ever gotten in trouble, it is because I have been with the wrong people. It is because I have been with the wrong people. Most of us left to our own devices will not end up in the wrong place. We may not go any place, but we won't end up in the wrong place. Most of us, when we are put with people who are not for us, we will end up in the wrong place. And so today, I want to give you five principles to reset your relationships. Five principles to reset your relationships. This is who I'm talking to. I'm talking to today the married couple that says, I don't know where to go from here in our relationship. I feel like we've hit a wall and I don't know where to go. I'm talking to the friends that maybe you have relationships that you're going, I think I just need to cut this friend out because I don't know what to do. They keep bringing me down or they keep, they're a bad influence on me. Or every time I hang out with them, I feel worse about myself. I'm talking to those of you that need to reset your relationships. And I'm going to give you five principles that if you can do these things, not only will you be a better friend, but the relationships around you will be relationships that push you forward and not pull you back. The most key things in our life, I always like to say, if I asked you the last five messages I preached, probably no one in here would be able to tell me what they were, even though they were really good, I promise, okay? You probably would not be able to tell me what they were. But if I asked you to tell me five people that have impacted your life, immediately you could name off five people. Why is that? Because relationships are the most valuable currency that God gives us. This message is dear to me because I always tell people, I'm, like, like some people have different things. Some people, you know, love prayer and some people just love missions and some people love, I am somebody who just loves relationships. I've always told people I'm a Rolodex of relationships. I'm a collector of relationships. There is hardly anyone that I meet that I'm like, uh, we start going, I'm like, oh, I know him and I know them. I'm like, how do you know all these people? I'm like, I don't, I just love collecting relationships. To me, it is the most valuable asset you can have. Because whether I need to go somewhere or meet somebody or, or connect with someone, the only currency that works there is relationship. And the body of Christ is very much like that. God gives you relationships when he wants to move you down the road. So in 2019, if you're going, man, I'm ready to, I want my spiritual journey to grow. I want to get deeper in Jesus. I want to go further with my relationship with Christ. Then what you're really saying is, God, bring me relationships that can help move me down the journey. Bring me relationships that can help move my spiritual journey down the road. God is so faithful to do that. Number one, I want to give you this. My relationships can only be as healthy as I am. My relationships can only be as healthy as I am. Philippians 2, 13. God will continually revitalize you, implanting within you the passion to do what pleases him. If we can live a life this way, close to God, then first we will be healthy people that are in healthy relationships. I talked to several couples this week about resetting their relationships. And the, what I told all of them, because they would go at one point, I mean, what if, I just think if I was with somebody else, it'd be easier. If I was just in a different friendship, a different relationship, a different marriage, it would be easier. And I think that's funny when we think that, because all of us have had that thought before, right? Except for me, because my wife right here, and she's fine. So other than me, you know what I mean? She's sweet. She's an angel. I've never thought that. But all of you heathens who have thought that before, okay, we've all thought that before at some point. But the problem with a new relationship, a new friendship, a new marriage is that you are 50% of the problem. Everyone say to yourself, I am 50% of the problem. 
You are 50% of the problem. Okay, if you don't know that, let me tell you, you are 50% of the problem. If you go into another relationship, guess who's still in that relationship? You. If you go into four relationships, guess who's still in all four of those relationships? You. Because you are 50% of the problem. And if I can never be healthy as an individual, if I can't find a way for God to continually revitalize me and implant within me the passions that he has for me, then every relationship I will take unhealthy passions, unhealthy habits, and unhealthy addictions into. Because I first have to be healthy if I want a healthy relationship. So I want all of you to think of the person that you're mad at right now, the relational person that you, I'm going to cut that hater out because they just are no good for me. And my husband, he's going to get it tonight, not in the good way either because he's, he's sleeping on the couch. And because you are 50% of the problem. And if you were healthy, then the unhealthiness in him would be very big. But when you're both unhealthy in areas, it causes chaos because while you try and fix the relationship, we've got to start with us. So my marriage advice to everyone always is you've got to be healthy for you before you could be healthy for y'all. Until you're healthy for you, you will never be a healthy y'all. So my relationship can only be as healthy as I am. Number one, how do we do that? We keep our past buried by going to the cross daily. Keep your past buried by going to the cross daily. Those of you in marriage, it is very easy to bring up the past. I saw, <laughs> I, oh, I saw a meme the other day, and it was about the NFL's first female referee. And it said on the very first play of her very first game, she threw a flag for something that happened three years ago. Okay. <laughs> and, and all the men said amen. We know that feeling. Wives. Y'all are very good at remembering our pasts, okay? You are not always great at remembering where the keys are or where you put the credit card, but you are great at remembering our past. All of us are great at remembering the things that someone has done to wrong us. So what do we do if we want to be in healthy relationships? We've got to go to the cross daily and bury our past. We've got to decide that I'm not going to hold your past against you. What happened in 2018 happened in 2018. This is a new year. We're resetting our relationship. And because I am committing to reset my relationship, I'm committing to let the past stay at the cross. I don't know about you, but how many of you are grateful that Jesus left your past at the cross? I love when the Bible says that he cast his sin far, farther from the east than the west, that he chooses not to remember them. He remembers them not. You know what that means? It doesn't mean that God forgets. It means that he chooses not to remember them. He remembers them not. He chooses not to remember your former life. And I don't know about you, but I'm very thankful that he chooses not to remember my former life. That same way in relationships, we must reach a place where we can bury their past at the cross. We can bury our past at the cross. And let me just say this to you spouses. If you want your husband to change, your wife to change, if you want them to become healthier in 2019, it's not going to happen by you reminding them of all the things they did wrong in 2018. The way that you get someone on to the next level, the way that you pull someone up is by encouraging them and telling them how awesome they are and how great they can be. By encouraging for the plans that God has for them and what he wants to do with them. Not telling them all the things that they're not and all the ways that they've messed up. Our goal in a relationship, if you're going to reset it, is start looking more at people's future than you do at their past. Start dreaming more with your spouse about the future and what God wants to do with you than you do about the past and what has happened to you. Number two, put others first. Put others first. I think if we're all honest, we can say in our relationships... There's times where it's all about me. 
it's all about me. I had a coach. I played basketball in Schulenburg, Texas, my senior year. For those of you who know where Schulenburg is, it's in the middle of nowhere on the way to San Antonio. It's like Weimar, Steely, Schulenburg, Brookshire, all those little areas. And Schulenburg has the best brisket you've ever eaten in your life, though. If you're ever going through Schulenburg, there's a meat market there that has the greatest brisket you'll ever eat. Go in there, be like, I need five pounds of five dollars worth of brisket. They'll just cut it right in front of you. Oh my God, it's so good. My senior year, I went there to play basketball for this coach. He was a he's a record-winning coach in Texas. Won more high school games than like anybody. Used to coach under Bob Knight in Indiana, and I was a good basketball player. So he said, hey, let Christian come up and play for me his senior year high school. I'll help him get a scholarship in college. So I go there, and he would always say this thing. He would tell it to me all the time. To, to this day, it, it, it's been a couple years, but he used to do it probably until I was about 25 or 26. He would look at me, and he'd go, Christian, it's not about you. Say it. It's not about me. And I'd be like, it's not about me. He'd be like, say it again. I'm like, it's not about me. He would call me and leave me voicemails. Like, after I was out of high school, like I was in college, Christian, it's Coach Hugendorn. It's not about you. I'm like, what is it? It was weird. Like, literally, I remember one time I was with Alex, and I got a voicemail. She's like, who is that? I'm like, it's Coach Hugendorn. He just wanted to tell me it's not about me. Like, I'm like, like been out. I've been in the military. I, had like, I was, like, way down the road from, from high school. And he said, it's not about you. What he was doing was he was trying to instill in me that if I wanted to be a great teammate, if I wanted my relationships to be good with our team, I had to realize that it's not about me. It's about us. And if you want your relationships to reset in 2019, you have to take on the mindset that it is not about you, it is about us. It is not about you, it is about y'all. And sometimes you hear people say, you know, a good relationship is 50-50, a good marriage is 50-50. That is a bald-faced lie, and anyone who is married knows that's true. Because there are many days where marriage is 80-20, and there's many days where it's 60-40, and there's some days where it's 100-0. And on really good days where you're both on your A game, it's 50-50. Am I right, married people? But if I have the attitude that I am always putting you first, and you have the attitude that you are always putting me first, then we're able to walk in harmony because the areas that I feel like I'm giving, I'm also getting because you're giving of yourself to me as I'm giving of myself to you. Philippians 2 Three through five, be free from pride-filled opinions, for they will only harm your cherished unity. Listen, men, that's us, okay? That's us. I, this happened to me yesterday. We are going someplace, and Alice goes, let's stop and get food before we get there. I said, no, they have food there. She goes, no, they don't. Last time I went, they didn't have food. I said, well, last time I went, they did have food there. And she's like, well, I'm telling you, they don't have food. They just have little, like, peanuts and popcorn and stuff. I'm like, they have food. She's like, I'm going to call. I'm like, don't call them. Just um, believe me. I went there. They got food, okay? She's calling, and she's on the phone. And you know, husbands, now there's this moment where if you're wrong, you're going to have to be like, Oh, well, they must have changed it or something, I guess, you know. You got to just, like, come up with something because you don't want to be like you were right. So she's like, oh, okay, all right, oh, hmm. I'm like, shoot, okay. So she gets the phone. She's like, well, they don't have food there, but they'll order food for you. I'm like, so pretty much I was right. You can get food there, okay. It was a pride-filled opinion. I'm on the, she's on the phone, and I'm just going, I'm not, no matter what they say, I'm going to find a way to let them know that I was right, okay. Like, one way or another, I'm going to let, we not stop in this car before we get there. Be free from pride-filled opinions, for they will only harm your cherished unity. Don't allow self-promotion to hide in your hearts, but in authentic humility put others first and view others as more important than yourselves. Abandon every display of selfishness. Possess a greater concern for what matters to others instead of your own interests. And consider the example that Jesus, the anointed one, has set before us. Let his mindset become your motivation. 
This is awesome now. This is great. We can say right now, like, oh, this is great. I'm going to put others first. Honey, I'm going to put you first. I'm going to put you first. I have an eight-month-old baby, and my eight-month-old baby wakes up almost every night for a bottle. Let me tell you when you need to remember this. You need to remember this when the baby wakes up, and you roll over, and your wife goes, I'm so tired. And you're like, but I'm so tired too. And she goes, but I got up last night. And you go, and you just fake sleep, you know? Come on, don't act like I'm the only one that does that. She's like, Christian, Christian, Christian. I'm like, if I just lay here long enough, she'll get up and do it. No, you guys don't do that? All right, that's me. I don't do that either, baby. That was just a joke. Um, it, you need this in those moments. Because it's those moments that I look at her and go, I'm going to prefer her over me. I'm, I'm going to be selfless in this moment. I'm going to take those times that I think, well, it's her turn or it's, and you know what? I can step up and be more selfless. If all of us lived a life where we were determined to be more selfless and to lay our lives out, be free from, fi- fr- from pride filled, I'm on the fast, I'm like fried anything, give me fried anything. <laughs> be free from pride filled opinions for they will only harm your cherished unity. Consider the example that Jesus, the anointed one, has set before us. Let his mindset become your motivation. I love this. Possess a greater concern for what matters to others instead of your own interests. Number three. Oh, sorry. Let me say this. Be aware of where others are at. Be aware of where others are at. This is right under number two. Put others first. Be aware of where others are at. Oftentimes, we come into a room, we come into a relationship, we come into a restaurant, and we have our own mind and our own agenda going on. You ever say something that you look back on and you go, I really shouldn't have said that. There was a moment, and I still feel horrible about this. I went, I, I, was, I was living in Lafayette. I'm from Lafayette, Louisiana. I was living in Lafayette. There was a couple, this was all over CNN. Their daughter had gone sailing from um, Australia to New Zealand with some friends. She was like 18. I baptized her, letter to the Lord. I was her college pastor. Um, and, and I knew she had gone sailing. That's all I knew. The last time I heard from about her, they were going sailing. Well, I guess I had forgot. I had lapsed. It, it was like three weeks later. All over the news, they had been looking for her. The ship had gone missing. She's okay. I walk in. Her parents are having dinner with my parents. I roll up to the table, happy Christian, and I'm like, hey, you know, how's this girl doing? She having a great time? And I have no regard for the situation because I have no idea what's going on. And I say, I bet she's never coming back. Okay. She has never come back to this day. You want to talk about feel bad, okay? If I would have stopped for two seconds and taken notice to the conversation and the temperature of the room, I would not have said that. But I was more concerned about what was going on in my head and in my life and on my agenda than I was what I was walking into. Take note of where others are at. This next one is a great one to practice. Say something encouraging in the first 30 seconds of every conversation. Say something encouraging in the first 30 seconds of every conversation you walk into. I love this. I try and do this. I walk in, hey, you, you skinnier? You look skinnier. People are like, I'm trying to gain weight. I'm like, by skinnier, I meant bigger. You're getting strong, dog. You look good. Like this is... Just try and encourage people. Everyone wants to be around someone that is encouraging. Everyone wants to be around someone that when you see them, they make you feel better about yourself. You ever notice that? I love walking in and being the person, man, your hair, you'd get your hair done? If you look like you got it done, you did it yourself? That's amazing. Golly, you look good today. Be encouraging to other people. It helps you put others before yourself. Number three, find the gold inside of them. Find the gold inside of them. Everyone has gold 
inside of them. Let me say this. Everyone has gold inside of them. Some people, you have to dig really deep to find the gold. But the gold is in every single one of us. We've got to take the time to find the gold. We judge others on our actions oftentimes. You notice that? You judge others on your actions. They did this, and I can't believe they did this. And I can't. But we judge ourselves by our intent. Well, I meant to say this. I mean, I wasn't, you know, that happened, but I wasn't thinking that. I wasn't. What if we begin judging others on their intent? Let me tell you, as a pastor, you got to judge others on their intent oftentimes. Somebody says something. Somebody doesn't show up. Somebody says something to somebody else, and you hear a third party, and you just go. And Alex oftentimes will ask me, what do you think about this? Or why do you, did you hear that person said? And I have, I have a rule across the board that I made a long time ago. I'm just going to believe the best about everybody until they tell me to their face, to my face, that they do not like me. Okay. I'm not going to judge anyone. I'm going to go, hey, you know what? I, I have no clue, but I'm sure their heart was in the right place. Until they stand in front of me and say, I do not like you because you are a six foot four Mexican. Okay, they got to say those exact words. Then I'm like, well, okay, well, that's pretty specific. There's not many of us out there. So uh, we judge others on our actions and ourselves. On our, we need to begin to judge others by their intents. We have faith in people, Romans 4, 17. Romans 4, 17. That's what the scripture means when it says, I have made you the father of many nations. Here is our example and father. For in God's presence, he believed that God can raise the dead and call into being things that don't even exist yet. What does that mean? It means let's call things that don't exist yet as though they do in people. Let's look at people and go, man, I bet you can be great at something. Hey, I heard you singing. I bet you can be great at singing. Man, I heard you start playing basketball. You can crush that. Man, I saw you just started this. You look like you'd be great at that. Let's find the gold in people and let's encourage them. Let's, let's speak existence over them instead of tearing them down. Don't try that. You shouldn't try that. Nobody's ever been good at that in our family. Why are you going to do that? Let's begin to encourage people. Let's begin to be the greatest cheerleader people have. Yo, you should do that. You can do that. God, you're going to be the best at that. Man, you crush that. Let's be the people that encourage people and see value in them. And number three, under three, people need someone to see value in them. People need someone to see value in them. You know how many conversations I have with people where I look at them and I go, hey, I'm proud of you. You're awesome. You're crushing it. And I cannot tell you the people I've sat across the table from, grown men with tears in their eyes have looked at me and said, no one's ever told me they were proud of me in my whole life. No one's ever told. I've never had a man tell me they were proud of me, tell me they loved me my whole life. People need us to see value in them. Because while maybe you have had people speak value into them, we live in a hurting and broken world that the majority of people have never had someone take time to see value inside of them. And it doesn't matter if it's someone who works for you or if someone who goes to school with you or friends around you. Let's be people that see value in people. Let's be encouragers. We're talking about resetting our relationships. You want to reset your relationships, find value in people. You want to reset your habits and your patterns and your relationships that are unhealthy? Start encouraging people. Start making people feel better about themselves than they are. Start reminding them that God has a plan for them and a purpose for them. Number four, recognize the power of your words. Recognize the power of your words. Ephesians 4, 29. And never let ugly or hateful words come from your mouth. Stop right there. We could all repent, okay, because that's like all of us. Like, that's even me. And I have an excuse sometimes. I, use, I don't have an excuse. I use an excuse. I'll say something. I'll be like, why do you talk to him like that? I'm like, we were in the Air Force together. We just, that's how we talk to each other, you know. And God many times has stopped me and said, like, that's not an excuse to tear people down. That's not an excuse to speak death over people. That's not an excuse to hurt someone. And never let ugly or hateful words come from your mouth. 
But instead, let your words become beautiful gifts that encourage others. Do this by speaking words of grace to help them. When's the last time someone would say that your words were beautiful gifts to them? That your spouse, husbands or wives, look and go, God, like when you say that, it's just like you gave me a beautiful gift. Like you don't even have to give me no anniversary present. That was amazing. Like some of us, that's our gifting. Some of us men, because we don't like to really talk a lot, it is hard for us to go like, like Alex the other day, we're traveling, and she goes, you haven't said like one good thing to me today. And I'm like, you're pretty. And she's like, that's, what, that's it? I'm like, you're pretty beautiful. And she's like, and? I'm like, you're pretty beautiful and gorgeous. And she, like, like, guys, we just don't know. Women, it's not that we don't want to. We oftentimes are kind of emotionally, like, retarded. We just don't know, okay? We just, you, if you think, like, we should know to say something and we don't know, we just don't know, I promise, okay? You come walking in and, like, we think in our mind, man, she looks really good today. And then we think about sports. Like, that's it. It's like, she looks really good today on the sports. And then Alex will go, like, did you notice my new dress? And I'm like, I actually did. She's like, why didn't you say anything? I'm like, I'm worried about the Saints playing this weekend. And then you said, I walked in and I was like, man, she looks good. And then the Saints. And they're like, I don't, I don't know. But we've got to become people whose words become beautiful gifts to each other, especially for your husbands and wives. Listen to me, wives, your words mean more to your husband than you could ever imagine. We might act like they don't. We might think, you, you might say them and we go, huh, thanks. But it means more to us than you could ever imagine. No one's words impact me like Alex's words. When she walks in and goes, baby, I just want to let you know you're the best preacher in the world. All of a sudden, I'm like, I did preach pretty good today. I mean, I just, and you look strong. I am pretty strong. I mean, I just, you know, your hair is like luscious. My hair feels luscious lately. And just, no one, there's no other 6'4 Mexicans like you. I'm like, well, that, I'm really, there is no, I might be the only one. But I, I just feel good when she blesses me with her words. No one's words can affect me like her words. And guys, we don't like to show it. I know. We're just like, oh, yeah, okay. She's like, you're the best. I'm like, yeah, okay. But inside, I'm really like, yeah, yeah, get off me. I'm the best ever. Like, I'm like a little kid. Like, I just come to life only. Her words are like beautiful gifts to my spirit. When was the last time your words were beautiful gifts to your spirit? And the number five as we close, Manuel, you can come. Help people win. Help people win. You want to reset your relationships in 2019? Help people win. Be a person that is more concerned with someone else crossing the line than you are. When me and Alex ran this marathon this week, I, um, I, I'm naturally a long-distance runner. It's kind of like just what God gifted me at. I don't know. I can just run like a gazelle for a long time. Alex is a sprinter. She is really fast at short distances. She ran track in high school. I ran cross-country. God put us together because that's what he does. And so we're running, and like, you know, we're, we're, man, we're staying together. Everything's going good. Mile like nine, she starts, I see it, the, the wall hits her, and she's just like emotionally, I see like she's trying to hide it, but like a tear's coming down every now and then, and I'm like, hey, you know, we got this. All of a sudden, I became more concerned with her crossing the line than me crossing the line, because my goal in a healthy relationship is to help her win. It didn't matter if I finished if she didn't finish. It didn't matter unless we crossed together. Could I have run faster than her? For sure. I just want you to know. I did beat her as well. Okay. I just want that to be said. Some of you saw the Instagram video right before we crossed the line. I'm like, hey, say something to the camera because my legs were hurt and the wall hit me right about then. And so as soon as she turned to say something, I took off sprinting and beat her. But I won is the moral of the story. But it didn't matter if we didn't finish together. It didn't matter if she didn't cross the line. 
If I finished and I left her at mile nine, the afternoon wouldn't have been as fun. The stories wouldn't be as good. The pictures wouldn't be as bright. My job is to help her win in any healthy relationship I'm in, whether it's with her or with our team or with my friends, my job is to help them win. You want to reset your relationship in 2019? Make up your mind that you're going to help the people around you win. Make up your mind you're going to be more concerned with them finishing than you. Do something for someone that they can't do for themselves. Do something for someone that they can't do for themselves. One of the joys of my life is doing stuff for people that they can't do for themselves. Because I'm in ministry, and, and some of you know the story. I, before I was here, I was at the second largest church in America in Birmingham, Alabama. They have 80,000 people this morning, an awesome church, was on staff there for three years, and then they planted us here. Um, and uh, got a lot of relationships, a lot of relationships. Anyone in ministry that you like, I'm friends with, and, and Tim Tebow. I gotta throw that one out there, okay? So people call me oftentimes and go, Hey, I'm someplace where Tim Tebow is. Can, can you call him? That is the greatest call I can ever get because nothing brings me more joy than doing something for someone that they can't do for themselves. It's why I love collecting relationships because someone will call me and they'll go, hey, I'm at Church of the Highlands or I'm at Elevation or I'm at uh, uh, any of the big church that you can think of. Do you know someone here? Yes, I'll have someone come out and meet you. You're, I'm going to connect you with one of my best friends. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be... Do something for someone that they can't do for themselves. And when you form healthy relationships, it gives you a network to be able to do that for people. And then lastly, if you help someone win, you'll have a friend for life. If you help someone win, you will have a friend for life. I didn't know one of our, one of our great friends and uncle to me is, is here with us this morning. Brian, wave your hand up, just everybody real quick. Brian Collada, this, just so you all know, Valley Rise Church would not be here without him. He has supported us more than you all could ever imagine. And when I was 18 years old, I had gotten kicked out the house, okay. I was, you're like, why? You seem like you were such a good kid. I was, it was my parents, it wasn't me, okay. Uh, and got kicked out the house, was, was literally living in my car and kind of on a friend's couch. And Brian called me, and, and Brian lived by himself. He owns a company. He has an awesome house, and I'm, I'm, I'm 18. I've, he calls me. He goes, hey, why don't you come live with me? I'm like, you want me to come live with you? He's like, yeah, come live with me. And I moved into his house, and for six months, treated me like a son. Loved on me. Paid for food. Brought me to movies. Changed my tires. When I got in wrecks, he covered it up so my dad wouldn't get mad at me. Like, he did more for me than I could ever dream. And because he helped me win, many of you have been in meetings with me before where the phone rings, and if it's Brian, I'm like, yo, hold on, stop this meeting. i got to take this call. Like, who is that? I'm like, there's three people that I will stop any conversation for, and he's one of them. Because he helped me win, now I'm a friend for life. Who are you helping win? You don't know who you're investing into. You don't know what they're going to grow up and become. I was just an 18-year-old punk kid. He didn't know that God was going to use me, that I was going to go and work at this awesome church, that I was going to start a church. That he, had no, he had no idea that he would have a shop in Houston, that I would do a Bible study at his shop. The last thing he thought I would be doing is a Bible study, okay? I promise y'all. When I left, when I moved out, he's like, did you leave some weed on top of the dresser? I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Maybe it was probably somebody else's. I don't know. I'm like, that was your son's. He was like, he's three. I'm like, well, they start young these days. He didn't know what God was going to do with me. 
he was just investing into someone that couldn't do something for themselves. And because of it, he made a friend for life. Who are you investing into? You want to reset your relationships in 2019? Be healthy. Your relationships can only be as healthy as you are. Put others first. Find the gold inside of everyone. Listen, I don't care if it's the annoying coworker that sits next to you, if it's the child you're having difficulties with, if it's the sibling that you're frustrated with. Everyone has gold inside of them. There's not one person that God made that he just said, eh, eh, but just, eh. just throw them out there. They'll just find their way. All of us have a purpose, but the problem is we live in a world that isn't designed to call out the purposes in you, that isn't designed to see something greater in you, that isn't designed to find the gold inside of you. It's why the church must be the church, because we must find the gold inside of people. Yeah, you can clap. That was good. Recognize the power of your words. And then, hey, let's in 2019 set on our minds that we're going to help people win that we're gonna help those around us cross the line. Because the truth is, Valley Rise, unless we cross the line together, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. If we get to heaven and you look back and you see people that dropped off, people you should have helped, people that you could have and you just didn't, it doesn't matter. Some of you saw in my post this week, our Facebook post, actually it was last week when we were advertising for dad to come. A guy commented on there and said, um, like, uh, why did God let 9-11 happen? And then he commented something else. And I go to his profile and it's, he's just like all atheists, written atheist books. And just like, he is like, I'm like I'm, I was like, this guy's gonna show up and pick at us at church, okay? So I messaged him. <laughs> I just messaged him. I'm like, hey bro, you seem like you got some great questions. You know, like what, what, I'd love to sit down and have lunch with you and talk about these sometimes. So he responds back to me and he goes like, you wanna talk with me? And I'm like, yeah, I mean, you just seemed like you had some really good questions and I'd love to talk with you and sit down and, you know, answer any questions that you have. And we start talking over the next week, okay? Now me and this atheist are getting lunch tomorrow and are like really good friends. And Alex looks over and she's like, what are you, who are you talking to? I'm like, I don't know, this atheist that commented on our Facebook profile thing. And she's like, why? And I looked at her and I said, because probably no one has ever taken the time to hear his story. Because I could bet you no one's ever taken the time to sit down with him and answer his questions. And tomorrow, when I sit down with him and answer his questions, one day, by the grace of God, I promise you, he will be sitting in this sanctuary. And God will do something in him. He's just never had someone find the gold in him. Let's be people that find the gold in 2019. Would you bow your heads with me? Dear God, thank you so much for each and every person here. God, thank you that you took the time to find the gold in us. God, that you sent people into our lives to mine the gold in us, to speak life for us, to encourage us when we didn't know where we were going, God. To encourage us when we didn't think of ourselves the way that you thought of us. God, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for so many people who took the time to find the gold in me. Never knowing what I was going to do. Just investing into who I was. God, today I pray that we reset our relationships in 2019. That we become people who add value. That we don't, we're not just relational spectators, God, but we're participators. That every relationship we step into is better because we're in it. It's better because we're adding value. It's better because we're preferring others. It's better because we're doing things for people they can't do for themselves. It's better because our words are like beautiful gifts. It's better, God, because we're in it. 
Let 2019 be the year we reset our relationships. That we look back and we say, that was the best year relationally I've ever had in my whole life. Now with every head bowed and every eye closed, there's some of you here that as, as I talk about that relationship, you may be going, Christian, I, I don't even have a relationship with the person that matters most, Jesus. I've never had that relationship. Maybe you've had church or maybe you've encountered religion like my atheist friend, but you've never had a relationship with God. Not based on what you could do for him, simply based on the fact that he loves you. That he created you for a purpose. That he paid for your sins. If that's you with every head bowed and every eye closed, it's between you and God, I'm just going to ask so I can pray for you. If that's you and you say today, Christian, I want to take that step and I want to start a relationship with Jesus. Would you raise your hand for me? Amen. Amen. You can put your hands down. We're going to pray this prayer together. You can pray it under your breath. You can pray it out loud. This is between you and Jesus. I simply want you to mean it. Dear Lord Jesus, today I recognize how bad I need you. I realize that none of my relationships will be right until my relationship with you is right. Jesus, I believe that you're the son of God, that you came from heaven to earth to live the perfect life and then died on a cross to pay for my sins. And that Jesus, I believe you rose from the dead so that I could live a life of freedom. Today, Jesus, I choose to become a follower of you. To start a relationship with you. And to reset my relationships in 2019. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen. Hey, would you give a hand to those who just made the greatest decision of their lives? Amen. Amen. Hey, well, listen, I am so excited. Next week is our one-year anniversary. You do not want to miss it. I've been writing this message all month. I am so excited. We're going to have some cool stuff. You don't want to miss it. Bring some friends and family. 2018 has been amazing. This is crazy. If I ever thought I would, I never thought I'd start a church. I never thought that we would make it a year. Like, I'm like, I looked at Alex the other day. I'm like, can you believe we made it one year and people still come? Like, this is crazy. Like, Every Saturday night, the devil's like, nobody's showing up. I'm like, I believe you. Like, I don't know, you know, just. But it is constantly amazing to me when God does things and the life change and the stories and the families and the, all of it is amazing. The greatest joy of my life is pastoring Valley Rise Church. So thank you so much for being a part of it this year. Hey, if you came prepared to worship with your giving, we got three ways that you can do that. You can give it an offering envelope when they pass the bucket. You can also put your connection card in there. Um, you can give online at valleyrisechurch.com or you can text Valley Rise in the amount to 77296. Like I say every single week, I will never ask you for anything. The Bible says that every man should decide in his own heart what the Lord would have him give. So we always say, ask God and whatever God tells you to do, that's what we want you to do. I'm gonna pray over this. Hey, also, if you plan on coming to Willie's Ice House tonight for the, um, the it's, we're replacing growth track with this. So for those of you who maybe went through growth track, it's the same exact thing. We're just getting together, have a dinner sit down. We're going to take you through growth track there, make it a little more casual. Um, if you plan on coming, so I don't show up and wait for you and miss some of the Saints game, okay, tell Rebecca that you're going to show up. Because if you're going to be there, I'm going to be there. If you're not going to be there, I'm going to be cheering my Saints on. Um, so you can uh, stop at the Next Steps table out there. Rebecca will be out there. Just let her know you're coming. We'd love to have you come hang, talk about what God is doing at Valley Rise, why we started the church, what we do here, how you can start serving, how you can help in any area. 
um, and, and become a part of Valley Rise. So, hey, I'm going to pray for this, and we'll get out of here. Love you guys. Dear God, thank you so much for what you're doing at Valley Rise, God. Thank you. As we start this new year, God, we're resetting our relationships. We're jumping in wholeheartedly, God. We want you to know 2019 is the year, Jesus, that it is all about you. This is going to be the best year of our life spiritually. We're going to throw ourselves in wholeheartedly. And, God, we can't wait to see what you're going to do. God, today we bring you our tithes and offerings, and we just say, Jesus, it's all yours. It's all yours. Everything we have is yours in the first place. So today we return a portion of it, God, not to the church, but to you, so that we can continue to impact a city. We can continue to impact families. We can continue to impact our country, God. Thank you so much for all that you're doing in Valley Rise. Today I bless these people. Multiply it back to them a hundredfold. Let this be the greatest week of their life. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen. Hey, Valley Rise Church. Thanks for listening to this week's message. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram using at Valley Rise Church. We hope you enjoy today's message and we'll see you soon.